Well, good morning, Heights family. Wow, this is uh, this is kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, here here we are all together on a, a snowy weekend. Of course, it's it's kind of nice out right now, but uh, snowy this this past weekend. All of our services canceled, and yet. Uh, through technology, we all get to still come together, and boy, I've been really kind of anticipating this, excited about it. You know, on, on Facebook, when we announced this yesterday, there was a lot of discussion about whether I would be doing this uh, in my in my jammies. Uh, not not so much a jammy guy. I, I jammies. I don't know what that is. I did sport my Broncos three o five Eastern Standard Time. We're rooting for them. And oh, jammies and slippers. Now I do just a second. I do rock a pretty good pair of slippers. That's a Christmas present. Pair of Uggs. Very nice. Very comfortable. Put that back on. It's cold. Okay. Anyway, but uh, sorry to disappoint you on the jammies. The best I could go with is my my Broncos. But it it's good to be all together this morning. This is kind of a, a new and exciting way for us to connect when we've had our services canceled due to the weather. Honestly, I hope we're not doing this a whole bunch. I, I certainly hope we're not doing it next week. I hope we're all back together. Hey, listen, to start off this morning, I thought we might just have a, a quick prayer time, a couple of things we can be praying about. Um, life is better connected. Don't want that to be a sermon series. I want that to be a way of life at the heights and that, that people see our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and, and it draws them to Christ and, and to his word. Let's pray about um, the 10 commitments for 10 Sundays. Uh, it's been three or four Sundays now since we preached that. I hope maybe just having a moment of prayer about that kind of jogs your memory on what you were attempting to do, what we were thinking about when we walked through those. Also, uh, don't know if everybody even knows, we have a team in Zimbabwe right now. Zimbabwe is one of our newest uh, partnerships uh, that we started this past year. We've taken a couple of trips there, but right now, June Meadows, Lisa Kachuba, and Aaron Wilbur are there joining Jenny Hinsman, and they're doing a, a lot of work with the orphanage uh, there, so we want to be in prayer for them. And then, of just course, praying for our church family as we all gather together in this way. So, kind of weird. I, I'm not going to know if you're closing your eyes or not, but I'll, I'll close I'll, I'll close mine, okay? So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's uh, it's exciting to, to kind of pause. We're all in our homes, uh, can't get together, and yet through this technology, we can, we can be all together in prayer before you. And God, I pray you're pleased. I pray you're blessed that we would stop in the midst of what we're doing and, and have a time of prayer together, have a time of devotion to your word together. And I, I pray you'll bless our time as we do this, Lord. And I, I pray you are pleased as you watch us. Lord, we give you these next few moments as an offering, an, an offering from our week, an offering from our day, because we love you. We love being together and we love being with you, Lord. And I pray you're pleased by it. Lord, I pray that you would uh, see this church family making commitment. Lord, you know those 10 commitments for 10 Sundays that we talked about, and I pray you're helping us with those, guiding us in those, and, and helping us to experience the joy of obedience. Oh, obedience isn't keeping rules. Oh, obedience is enjoying who and what you are and how you design this life. Uh, Lord, we lift up to you this 
this theme, life is better connected. And God, I do pray that as our community, as our world watches the heights, they see a people who love you with all of their heart, soul, and strength. They see a people who love, serve, and forgive each other. And Lord, they see a people working together at the work of the gospel and, and the work of spreading your kingdom. And it draws them to you. Uh, Lord, I lift up to you, Aaron and June and Lisa. Thank you that they go out on behalf of our family and we pray your blessing on the work that they're gonna do there in Zimbabwe. I, I pray they're an encouragement to Jenny and her team and, and uh, all of the kids that are there. And Lord, I pray that that work advances the gospel, encourages uh, the people of God there. And, and Lord is just advancing your kingdom there in Zimbabwe. Lord, I pray that you bless our time. You, you see each one of us where we are in our living rooms, in our kitchens. Uh, God, you know that we have needs, needs for, for guidance, for strength, maybe for healing. Uh, we have a need for provision. Uh, Lord, we need your protection. Lord, you know where we are. You know what we need. And I pray you would meet those needs for each one that is with us together right now. Lord, I pray that you would speak into their lives hope and strength and faith and encouragement. Lord, I pray that this week that they will see your goodness and your faithfulness moving and working in their lives. God, hear our prayers. Be pleased by them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, just a second. Oh, as I was praying, Winnie came over to say hello. So uh, say hi, Winnie. Yeah, that was, uh, I just prayed her up. I, I, she wasn't here. You go back to bed, okay? Go lay down somewhere, all right? Bye-bye. She's going she's gonna to bother me now because when I'm sitting here, I feed her, which makes my wife mad. Speaking of my wife, you know when I said I'm going live, everybody in the house took off. I, I, maybe they don't want to be seen in their jammies. But anyway, <laughs> hey, listen, I want to uh, uh, welcome you all here again. We're going to take a little time in, in God's word. Uh, as we stop that, you heard her bark. Okay, my dog's going nuts. Um, so here we are. We, we're hey, Karen, Karen, you got to come get the dog. This is nuts. This is what you get with live TV. You got to get the dog. She's barking. Why is she barking? I don't know. Probably because she thinks I'm giving her. Yeah, she thinks I'm going to feed her. Okay. All right, hurry up. This is live TV. We're losing th thousands of people just dropped offline right here. Okay. <laughs> it's, that was fun. Okay, let me collect myself. So here we are on a snow weekend. And, uh, you know, the first snow weekend, it's kind of fun, isn't it? I mean, I mean we, we get the cancellations and the altered schedules and... Uh, you know, we pile in our houses for movies and, and reading and rest and just fun together as a family. And it's a kind of exciting. Of course, when you get to that third and fourth snow and you get to the 10th day off from school, because somewhere in the woods, there's a rose with a patch of ice on it. Well, well then, then it gets kind of annoying. But that's not where we are. We're in the first snow. We're in the first weekend. So it's a, a lot of fun. And so I, I just thought today, you know, we're kind of chill, no pun intended. We're kind of chill and, and just relaxing. I thought we would do something a little bit lighthearted, a little bit short uh, today. I thought we would take on a topic like, say, oh, the fear of God. Boy, that's a that's a big one for Sunday morning when it's when we've been in a snow weekend, isn't it? But uh, I, I tell you, with that 
fear of God, and maybe we should cue lightning and thunder right now and have a, 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 a river of fire and brimstone rolling through. But uh, with the fear of God, you certainly have one of the major themes of the Bible. We are to have a, a fear of God, a fear of the Lord. But I don't know about you, as I watch people deal with that phrase, the fear of the Lord, that idea, they seem to go in two different directions, two opposites. One group of people seems to use that almost as a weapon. You know what I'm talking about? It's almost like they use the fear of God to, to show his anger and his wrath against the people they don't like against people doing things they don't like. But, you know, let's, we'll just ignore what I do that's not quite right. But anyway, it just seems like there's a group of people, they just enjoy the fear of God maybe a little too much. They're just kind of creepy. But then there's another group or the other extreme, I think, and, and this is probably where a whole lot more are. And when I say people, I'm, I'm referring to Christians right here. Um, I think they just ignore the, the fear of God altogether kind of kind of remain oblivious to it, maybe purposely ignore it. You know, if you think about it in our culture and the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about God, fear of God doesn't really sell. I mean, that's, that's just not a very popular concept in our way of thinking. I mean, I kind of wonder, you know, would our kids at school or maybe even some of us at work, would it be almost embarrassing to say the fear of God? I mean, I Oh, our, our God's angry and he wants us all to be afraid. Gosh, that, don't, that almost sounds, doesn't sound right. We're almost embarrassed. So we just kind of ignore that idea. But you know, regardless of which extreme, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not an issue of extremes, but, but folks, the fear of God is really a very simple idea. It's, it's an incredible idea that produces for you and me the, the very lives that we want. You know, there, there's 150 references to the fear of God in the Bible. Now, one of them, Proverbs 1-7, is, is probably the most well-known verse on the fear of God. It says that, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That the first step in making a good decision, the first step in making the right decision, that the first step in always living right is the fear of God. And, and then you have Proverbs 14, 27 that says, out of the fear of God, out of the fear of the Lord comes a, an abundant life, abundant living, prosperous living. Now, folks, think about that. So I'm working on the fear of God, and the result of that will be I make good and right decisions, and I experience an abundant life. Dang, those are things I want. Those, those are good things. And so uh, we shouldn't run from the fear of the Lord. We wanna, ought to want to unwrap that, un understand that. Now, no doubt, as I said, it is a, is a major theme through Scripture, uh, commanded by Scripture. Jesus commanded it. I believe Matthew 10, 28, he says, don't fear man. Well, what can they do you, kill you? I'm thinking, uh, yeah, Jesus, they can kill me. <laughs> he says, no, don't fear man. The worst they can do to you is kill you. Hey, fear God. Fear God. So Jesus commands it. We also see in Scripture um, the fear of the Lord illustrated. What I mean by that is if you go to Isaiah chapter 6, you'll see Isaiah enter the presence of God and you see 
his fear. I mean, he literally, he, he's afraid. Uh, go to Ezekiel chapter one. You see Ezekiel entering the presence of God and he, and he falls out. I mean, he has something like what you and I would probably call an emotional breakdown. And then I think one of my favorite ones, Revelation chapter one, you see John the apostle and, and he sees Jesus in his glorified form and again, emotional breakdown kind of comes undone. What I think is so interesting about that one is that is that John the John the Apostle is often referred to in an earthly sense as the best friend of Christ. So so here's somebody that was very close, very intimate with Jesus, and yet when he sees him in his like glorified God form, I mean he he breaks down. It's too much to handle. So, so we have Jesus commanding it. We have the scriptures commanding it. We have the scriptures illustrating it over and over and over. It's fear the Lord. And yet, would you believe that one of the most oft-repeated commands in the Bible is do not be afraid? Okay, <laughs> okay so, so Lord, which is it? Am I to fear you or am I to not be afraid? How, how, how do we do this, Lord? You know, there is a passage in the Old Testament that actually shows both of these ideas happening at the very same moment, and it's not at all a contradiction. Listen to this. I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 20. Yeah, I mean, what did I just say Ezekiel for? Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. I was thinking about Ezekiel a moment ago. Uh, but if you want to open your Bibles, I've got mine here open to Exodus chapter 20, Exodus second book in your Bible, Genesis, Exodus chapter 20. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 18. Listen for when they're afraid or being told to be afraid. And then listen for when they're being told not to be afraid. And you won't hear a contradiction. So, uh, Exodus 20, verse 18, when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the horn, when they saw the lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. Okay, there's the fear again. And they said to Moses, you tell us what God says and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us. If he does, we will die. <laughs> I love that. You know what they said? Um, so like God's over there. Uh, so Moses, you go over and talk to him and we'll just stay here. It's like, okay, if you go over there and get vaporized, that's fine. But we don't, we don't want to do that. And so they say, we'll stay here. Verse 20, this is what, how Moses responds. Do not be afraid, Moses said. For God has come in this way to show you his awesome power from now on, let your fear of him keep you from sinning. Now, now folks, if, if you do have your Bible open, Exodus 20, verse 20, starts off by saying, do not be afraid, and it ends by saying, let your fear of him. Now, see, there's, there's both ideas right there together. This is kind of a cool passage. What's happening is if you go back to the beginning of Exodus 20, uh, you have... Moses preparing the people to see and experience God's presence. And so he gets them, he gets them physically prepared, spiritually prepared. And then he goes up on Mount Sinai. And while he's up there, he gets the Ten Commandments. 
and he, he, he brings them back down the mountain and, God, and God's glory, the, 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 the centrality of God kind of comes back down the, the mountain with them in a cloud and there's, there's thunder, there's lightning, there's billowing smoke, smoke and they're scared. And, and, and Moses has set up a boundary. He says, don't cross the boundary to which they said, no problem. We're not crossing the boundary. You go over there and take care of this. And so there's all this, this fear of the awesome power and presence of God. You know, it's interesting. Again, Isaiah 6, Ezekiel 1, uh, Revelation 1, and now this passage that I just read. When people enter the presence of God, they're not in that presence thinking, wow, this is this is pretty cool. They're not in there thinking, man, this is where I belong. This is just a right and a good place for me. And they're certainly not thinking, hey, I, I deserve this. I, I belong here. No, what you see over and over in scripture is a, this isn't safe. I, I, I'm not worthy. It's not right that I'm here. It's amazing that in that awesome power, glory, holiness, we become so unaware of our unholiness, of our unworthiness. And you just get this feeling, this isn't safe. I hate to be Hollywood or dramatic, but it's like people think, man, I think I might just vaporize here. I might just explode. It's not right and good for me to be here. And yet, what does Moses say to him? Hey, listen, don't be afraid. God's not mean and God's not murderous. Okay, he's not showing you this power to scare you and make you run away. He is showing you this power. Now here's, okay, this is where the fear of God, at least for me, kind of, it all comes together. Again, I'm reading out of verse 20. Let your fear of him keep you from sinning. Listen, folks, the, the, the fear of God is not an inability to enjoy his presence the fear of God anticipates his presence, okay? It keeps me from sinning. The idea that one day I'm gonna stand in the midst of that awesome glory and presence. I'm gonna stand in the midst of that holiness and by God's grace and God, by God's work, he's created the opportunity for that to happen for me. He's created the opportunity for that to be a good place. So anticipating that, looking forward to that, it's to keep me from sinning. So now let's just think practically, what practically, I may put, put a couple extra syllables in there. Um, let, let's think about what this would actually do then. Okay, the fear of God is not trembling. No, no, I don't want to see God. I don't want to be near God. God's mean. God's No, that's that's not what the fear of God is. This is what the fear of God is. We're traveling down the road of life. It's Tuesday afternoon, and all of a sudden I wander up on an opportunity to lie. Maybe I'm lying to get myself out of trouble. Maybe I'm lying to make myself look good. Maybe just exaggerating so people think highly of me. Who knows what it might be? But that's life, isn't it? We're tempted. We're tempted to lie, to steal, to cheat. Uh, as we walk through life, we're lured. We're lured into the way of the world because it, it looks fun. Maybe it looks like it'll make us happy. Maybe it'll make us look, make us rich. Maybe, you know, it'll get me the things I want in life. And so we're lured to sins. We're lured to the way of the world. Maybe it's not something so dark and sinister. We're just kind of lured towards something that 
Truth be known, if we continue in that relationship, if we continue down that road, it's going to lead away from God. Well, what the fear of God says is, hey, listen, one day I'm going to stand before God. One day I'm going to have to, to speak about this, talk with him about this. I don't, I don't want to have that conversation. So, so here I am, I'm tempted to sin. Tuesday afternoon, I'm tempted to sin. And, and this is what the fear of the Lord does, real simply. It says, hey, I don't want to have to talk to God about why I lied right here. So I'm going to tell the truth. The, the, the fear of the Lord says, hey, I don't want to have to talk to God about why I chose to be unforgiving and vengeful and mean right here in this relationship. Oh, they might deserve it. Oh, they might have it coming. I just don't want to have to talk to God about that one day. So I'm going to be kind. I'm, I'm going to be forgiving. I'm not going to be vengeful. You see how the fear of God, it works in our mind. It starts leading in the way that we decide what we're going to do next, what we're going to say next, how we're going to think through something. Now, all of a sudden, Proverbs 1-7 makes sense, doesn't it? The, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. When I'm fearing the Lord, when I'm thinking about that day that I'm standing in his presence, I am right now taking the first step toward making a good and a right decision. Let me say it one more time because I I don't have PowerPoint here running at the bottom of the screen this morning. I want y'all to catch this. The fear of God is not an inability to enjoy his presence, a, a fear of his presence. The fear of God is anticipating his presence. I'm anticipating that I get to go into the presence of God. And I don't want to have to explain sin. I don't want to have to talk about my sinful choices. Hey, one, one more verse this morning, and, and we're almost done. Psalm 36, verse 1. It's, as a matter of fact, I, I, I was working on memorizing Psalm 36, 1 this week, and it's why I ended up doing this message this morning uh, for our snow day. Uh, but Psalm 36, 1, I believe, I believe it was in the New Living Translation that I memorized this, that I like the way uh, that, it, that it said this. It says, sin whispers deep in the heart of the wicked. It's luring, it's calling, it's saying, hey, this is a better way. This will get you what you want. Hey, this is just right. Everyone else is. You're not gonna be able to make it unless you're doing this also. Sin whispers deep in the heart of the wicked. And listen to this. And they have no fear of God to restrain them. See, that's, that's what the fear of God does. It restrains me from moving towards sin, which is something that is going to not help me enjoy anticipating God's presence. It's to restrain me from sin. You know, when I hear that verse, sin whispers deep in the heart of the wicked, and they have no fear of God to restrain them. To me, that helps me define the fear of God three ways. Number one, there's a God. Number two, that God has a thought. He has an idea about what I'm getting ready to think, what I'm getting ready to say, what I'm getting ready to do. Say, so, number one, there's a God. Number two, that God has a thought. Number three, God's thought counts. That's the fear of God. God's thought counts. His thought counts more than the world's thought. And boy, folks, the world is always Every single day in a hundred ways, the world is trying to shape you according to its way of thinking 
and saying and doing. But we're thinking, no, God's thought counts more than the world's thought. But God's thought counts more than our friends' thoughts. Ah, that's getting a little bit closer because we care about our friends. I want my friends to like me, think I'm funny, think I'm cool, think I'm with it, not think I'm weird. Hey, that's a big, I mean, that's just real. When we're at work, when we're at school, that's very real. But the fear of God says, no, God, God's thoughts count more than my friends' thoughts. And are you ready for this? God's thoughts count, God's thoughts count more than my own thoughts. Yeah, because I mean, who... Whose thoughts do I trust more than mine? I mean, nobody's. I, I like my thoughts. I trust my thoughts. The fear of God says, Randy, know God's thoughts. Anchor your life to God's thoughts. And of course, folks, that's, let me get it here. That's what the Bible's about, right? I read God's word. We read God's word. We seek to do that every single day. Remember, that was one of our 10 commitments for 10 weeks. We seek to read, because in this book, I get to read God's thoughts. His thoughts should be of just infinite more worth to us than the world's thoughts, our friends' thoughts, even our own thoughts. Hey, God's thoughts, they tell you not to lie, steal, or cheat. God's thoughts tell you to love, to forgive, to serve, to give. But you know what else God's thoughts are about? You. And God's thoughts are about how much he loves you, what he wants for you, what he has for you, how he wants to bless you here in this life and ultimately in eternal life and in heaven. And you know what is between you and, and, and God and me and God and experiencing that love and what he has for us? Our sin. And what keeps us from sin? What restrains us from moving towards sin? The fear of God. Folks, I, I, the fear of God is really a simple thing. There's a God. He has a thought. His thoughts count. And it's for us. It restrains me from sin so that I can enjoy the presence of God. I can enjoy all that he has for me, especially life and life eternal. Fear of God, don't be embarrassed of it. It's a good thing. It's the first step toward always doing what is right, always making the right decision, how good God is to tell us about fear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you guide each one of us right now? Guide us in our, in our mind to a place in our life, a place this past week where we really need to anchor to the fear of the Lord. Where do we need to put the fear of the Lord front and center? God, so that we are restrained from sin. Lord, every one of us right now, we, we need a first right step. And there may be some relationships, some decisions, some areas where we've taken a wrong step. Maybe we've taken a couple wrong steps. And boy, we need the fear of the Lord right now to, to, to get us back on the right path, to pull us back from that wrong path. God, guide us right now. I pray just in a moment of silence, we're all thinking about, man, I need, the, I need the fear of the Lord in that situation, that relationship, that decision. God, show us right now in our lives where that needs to be. And Lord, of course, I, I, I pray not just for a specific area. I, I pray for each and every one of us that we grow in a fear of the Lord and we realize what a good and wonderful thing it is to anticipate 
being in your presence and living like it. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me here in my house. I'm sorry my my family all ran away. They didn't want to be introduced on the live stream, but uh, so glad that you joined us, and, or I, I joined me and Winnie anyway, but uh, glad you were here today, and I sure look forward to seeing you next Sunday at the Heights. God bless you. You have a great week.